What's up, everyone, and welcome to Project X Talk, an Xbox podcast, episode number 168, presented by Save the Game Media. I'm your host, Kevin, and on today's episode, we're going to talk all about PAL World. Uh, we got new details about Towerborn. Uh, in, indies are becoming a major focus at Xbox, and unfortunately, some layoffs to talk about. Before we get to all that and more, Jampack Sam, my co-host, how you doing, buddy? What's up, man? I am doing incredibly well. It's a pal world and I'm just living in it. You know, that's that's where we're at. So I'm excited to dig into that and uh, talk about the the biggest sensation I've seen since Fortnite. I mean, there hasn't really been a game quite like this in a while. It's funny because I almost named the episode something along the lines of like, you know, it's a power world where all of us are living in it. I also almost went with gotta infringe them all, but I thought, Ooh. Was a little too, you know, a little might not everyone would got that one but we'll get to pal world all right but before we do i gotta get through the housekeeping so if you're new here this is project x talk we are live every thursday right here on youtube.com slash save the game media if you can't catch us live we post every friday morning on your favorite audio platform of choice while you're over there make sure to drop us that five star review does help us in the algorithm if you want to support us and get early access to save the game media content exclusive bonus post shows head over to patreon.com slash save the game media choose the tier that's right for you like our current patreon supporters so thank you to fabulous brianna brianna's mom brianna's brother Lindsay, nikolai at night cypher primus brendan myers marcus o'neill lillian mimi j david hotright dave harp the Xbox Expansion Pass, Alpaca Tom, Lee Navarro, and our brand new patron, The Good Sir. He upgraded from his uh, seven-day free trial and decided to stick around. So good to have you here. Thank you for your support. We appreciate each and every one of you. Sam, housekeeping's out of the way. So why don't we jump into what you have been playing, my friend? Well, according to the uh, show notes, I wrote, and I quote, an ungodly amount of Pal World. I see um, that. I see yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, so on last week's show, I talked about how I wrapped up Prince of Persia and I was going into Hollow Knight and then Pal World was coming out. So I was like, of course, I'll be the one to take the hit and check mm -hmm. out Pokemon with guns. Um, looking at my Xbox app, between my fiance and I, we have put in over the past six days, uh, one day, 17 hours and 37 minutes of Pal World collectively. Oh, so over a full day. Yes, coming up on two days, in fact. Um I haven't played a game quite like this in my life. It is quite the thing to dig into. So I don't know how deep you want to go at the beginning of the show mm. or like topics wise. I know we've got a lot of power world. Yeah. Our first topic is very power world focused. Why don't you just give me your overall impressions of power world to start? So overall impressions of power world on the Xbox. It is a game preview game. You know, it's got jank. It's got issues compared to the Steam version and the Xbox app version on PC is also a lesser version if you want to look at it that way. But what a get for Game Pass. I mean, overall, I'm having a blast with it every night. I come in and I'm like, all right. I think I'm going to put it down. I know what it is. I can move back to other games. Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, midnight rolls around. I'm over here trying to catch electric pals to power up a, 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 a ball sphere production line with my little, you know, knockoff brand Pokemon people over there making me balls and stuff like it is the game that just keeps on giving and it's super, super special. So I love it personally. That's I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, we will talk about you. You said a little knockoff Pokemon thing there, and that's going to lead into our, our first story there when we get to it. But um, you're not alone. Everyone I see is playing Power World, talking about Power World. It's getting a little overwhelming for us, though, not playing Power World. I got to tell you what. Mm -hmm. But 
Uh, I have played a few things this week. Um, it's actually been a lighter week in terms of gaming for me. Um, I was kind of in the in-between state where I was like, I don't really want to start anything because a bunch of games are coming out at the end yeah. of this week. So what I did was I saw Hellblade was on sale for $2 on nice. Steam. So I grabbed that. Uh, I also gifted it to Taylor over at No Limits because he had it on his wish list on Steam. And I was like... He's not going to buy it, so I'm going to buy it for him, and then maybe he'll play it. So uh, I bought Hellblade over on Steam again, and I beat the whole thing in nice. about two, two-ish two sittings. Um, mm-hmm. Turns out the game could go very quickly once you know all the, the puzzle solutions. Yeah, I, yeah, I think, I think my playtime was five and a half hours, and I probably could have got it done in the four hour range, but I was mm. streaming it for a little bit um, over on twitch.tv slash save the game media. Uh, go check out that. We're going to have some more weekly streams coming for you, but still a masterpiece. Still love Hellblade, man. I don't have you've played the first Hellblade. Yeah. Oh yeah. I played it on yeah. the Xbox one X back whenever it first came out. Yeah. Yeah. I love that game, man. It's so good. Um, can't wait for the sequel. Just wanted to dive back into that world for a little bit and i don't some people like to play right before the other one comes out like the same and then just Mm -hmm. do it and i get a little burned out by that um so i think it was good to have this little break in between i also just on my lunch break was playing this little game called seek hearts which is like a rpg maker game um from i think is it chemco um it's pixelated it's not very good to be honest <laughs> with you uh, i got it free so i was like i'm just gonna mess around with this so i've only played it for like an hour and i'm like yeah this is a this is what i expected from like a indie jrpg rpg maker game so yeah nothing wrong with that i i like digging around in those weird little games i mean we talk about game pass that's one of the things i like doing is random game drops sure i'll give it a shot whatever um but yeah i'm glad that you went back to hell uh, to hellblade i almost said hell world that sounds horrifying Hellbl- mm. um Spin-off but, coming. yeah i uh, i agree that um it's good to go back whenever the time is right for you but it's nice to kind of go in with a fresh mind because with hellblade 2 there will be hype around it. And so if you play it earlier, you're not going to get kind of blinded by the hype of the buildup moment. So uh, yeah, I, I want to do the same maybe in a couple of weeks, whenever the uh, luster of power world wears off, but I do want to get back to Hellblade myself. Yeah. It was, it's just really good. I felt like maybe it's because I've played it two times already, but I feel like the story still hit with me and I kind of understood everything more because it is a little like it can be a bit convoluted. The narrative they're trying to tell if it's your yeah. first time going through, but um, other than that, I have played Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, Sam. Uh, mm-hmm. I have put about three-ish hours into the game so far, and it's exactly what I wanted. It nice. is the follow-up to Yakuza Like a Dragon, and you can tell right off the bat because they kind of just throw you in almost like you've never been gone. Um, it's goofy, it's silly, and then it gets dramatic all of a sudden, completely the tonal shift. Um I I'm not even in Hawaii yet. Like you, you don't. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I I thought it was going to be like a pretty quick transition to like the new setting, and we're spending some time in Japan apparently. So interesting. I'll uh, yeah, I'll be hanging out here until they ship me off. But it it's still the intro. You know these uh these yakuza games like to give you a nice five to six hour introduction to the game. 
Nice. Well, I hope you uh, enjoyed. I know the reviews are coming in pretty strong. I think it's getting eights and nines pretty much across the board. So we're starting off the year strong. Very, very yeah, strong gonna, start. I was going to say sitting at a 90 on Open Critic for our fantasy very team there. Nice. So, yeah, yeah, very yeah. nice. That's what I'm talking I mean, we, who would have? There's no surprise here. We knew it was going to win. We knew it. Yeah, 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 yeah no shockers. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think we're. I think we're tied with no limits right now because they picked Tekken 8, which also uh-huh. got a 90. So yeah, that's, that's doing really well, too. One for one. One for one. Yeah. Shout out to the fighting games fans. They are just living their best lives between last year and this year. What a crazy time. Yeah, I was a big Tekken guy back in the day, and it's kind of enticing me, but I'm like, I have no time to play Tekken right now. Yeah, so yeah. I, I was a big uh, fan of watching Tekken. I've got a, a fight stick, I think, behind me, like a, a special a fight, fight stick. stick. Yeah, yeah. So I, I keep my Tekken, I think it's six fight stick behind me. It's for the PS3. I don't know why I still have it, um, but uh, I've never been good at fighting games, so I'll let the pros uh, stick to that myself. Yeah. Well, Tekken, Infinite Wealth coming out. And then next week we get Persona and in Grand Blue and we're all eating good folks. Oh, and uh, Suicide Squad. I know um, a lot of people are excited for that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's the game of the year. You know, people are hyped. People are hyped. But can we, I we will say, see how that one does. Can I just say the Joker? They announced the Joker, right? For the DLC right, right. character. I think he looks horrible. I do it, not it like that interesting design at direction. All. <laughs> it is a very interesting direction. It, it's technically an Elseworlds Joker, so it's not like a real, like mm-hmm. a real, it is, but it's not. Um, but I don't know. It, it's weird because I make a lot of content on this topic because it's always divisive and it drives, you know, a lot of reactions and things like that. I like to hear what people have to say. And I'm seeing a shocking amount of like trust in Rocksteady. It's going to be, you know, it'll be good. I'm getting a day one. Looks great. So like the tide is shifting. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to pan out. It could be horrible. Could be great. I have no idea. I, I'm sure there are people out there that actually are like excited for the game. But I also feel like there's a good amount of people that have just taken the contrarian approach. And it's like, we're going to defend this just because it's not like the unpopular right. opinion on the Internet, you know? Yeah, we will see how a live service game from Rocksteady fares because it's not like Destiny. It's not like Halo. It's not like it's a weird thing to have a live service game kind of attached to as a concept. And so, um, you know, we'll see what happens with it. But um, it's it's going to be an interesting one to watch. I'll leave it at that. All right. Well, that is all I've been playing. I will uh, talk more about Infinite Wealth next week. Um, So let's dive right into the news because if you've somehow haven't heard, uh, and even though five minutes ago we were talking about, Pal World has taken over everything. So I did title in our document here, gotta infringe them all. That was a little, little nod for me, you know. Uh, but Pal World has absolutely blown up since its launch into early access on PC, Xbox, and Game Pass. Developer Pocket Pair revealed today that the game has actually sold a staggering 8 million copies in six days. It is the second most concurrently played paid game on Steam ever behind PUBG. The developers also released a roadmap for the game where their first order of business is to address critical issues and bugs, but in the future they want to add things like PvP, raid bosses, PAL Arena, uh, and Steam, Xbox, Crossplay, and more. While there's no doubt that PAL World's PAL designs share more than some similarities to Pokemon, this has led to some developers accusing them of blatantly stealing the models or using AI art to generate their PAL designs. Uh, I want to make a note there. There's no actual evidence of that happening, but that is the big controversy around PAL World, um, and it's on our thumbnail. If you're over on YouTube right now, I put two very similar looking pals to pokemon comparisons so you can understand what i'm talking about but sam 
the game has gone viral massively. It's every day breaking new milestones. Um, it seems like they're building off their success, but there is some controversy. You've played a ton of this game. How are you feeling about the whole situation? So it's a complex thing because you've got people that are hardcore Pokemon fans that are going after this game, saying that they're infringing on the Pokemon company's copyrights. You've got people that are just, you know, jaded with the whole game, taking over their social media feeds. You've got people that are complaining about like animal abuse perceptions and things like that for the game. So there's like, there are tons of different people that are going after this game. But the way that I always process things when it comes to controversies like this is like I'm an innocent until proven guilty kind of guy. So just because these allegations are being made doesn't make them true. And so I'm sure we'll talk about it. But the fact that the Pokemon company put out a statement mm -hmm. talking about this situation, let the investigations come, you know, let, let them talk. If there is something that's nefarious being done here then yeah, something should be done about it. And you got to make that right and figure out what the path forward is. Redesign the pals, figure out whatever that future looks like. They'll have to cross that bridge when they get to it. But for the time being, you're just speculating on like what this game potentially was and what it is today. So I'm having a great time with it. Uh, I'm going to keep playing it. And I just got a notification today on my phone with Game Pass saying like, hey, dive into Pal World. So they're leaning into it. Uh, and a lot of people have called out too that like if there's a problem, Nintendo has been looking at this game for a mm -hmm. while. Like if they were going to go after it, they probably would have if they had a really strong case. So that's kind of where I stand on it. Yeah. So I, I joke, obviously, with the God infringe them all thing. I do think that the sh the amount of similarities between some of the pals and the Pokemon are clearly blatant ripoffs. Like they clearly just looked at them and stole the artistic design. Now, from what I've heard from people like Hoglaw, the similarity, the, the differences are big enough that they don't really like Nintendo probably can't sue them for that. Um, so I have no problem with that. I just, my big issue with this game, and I, I probably have two issues uh, with Power World. Um, and one is that I don't think the game looks very good. To, like it's clearly not a game for me. So when I see it and I'm like, Ooh, this game looks rough and I understand early access, whatever. But I also just think that like it's creatively bankrupt. Um, mm. there's, and, and to be fair to the, uh, developers, uh, pocket pair, um, the CEO has come out and basically said like, they don't really care about creativity. They don't really care about original ideas that they're completely fine with like taking inspiration from other games. And you saw that with their previous thing, like Craftopia's uh, breath of the wild clone. Now that's their prerogative. They're not doing anything wrong. It's just hard for me to want to support a developer. That's like, we're just here to make money, which I know all businesses are there to make money, but I like to look at, the, at video games as more of an artistic art form. Um, so that's really my only two issues. But when I put those aside, when I see people accuse them of like stealing assets or yeah. AI art, which haven't been proven, uh, there's no evidence to support that. It's literally just people on Twitter trying to stir up some drama. I think everyone needs to calm down. That comes across as you're very like, for some reason you have a campaign against the game because it's so successful because other people are enjoying it. You have to find some way to tear it down. Right. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of that latter part there as well. When it comes to the, I guess, brashness that they've got with like the reason behind them building this game, 
I, I don't hate it. I, I I would rather have games that have meaning behind them. Like that's just kind of the way that we are, like the storytelling elements and things that have like Hellblade we were talking about where it's got a mm-hmm. deep, deep connection to people yeah. and Power World in that game. I see Power World the same way that I would see some dude in high school that's like, dude, I just hotwired a PS2 into my car with the, with the on, onboard screen. You want to go check it out? It's like, oh, Exhibits you made something. out there. He pimped your ride. Yeah, yeah. So, so like that's the way that I view Power World. And one of the memes that I see going around on TikTok is that clip from Iron Man where he's like, Tony Stark built this in a cave with scraps. And like, that's that's the beauty of Power World is that it's this like ragtag little group of people that are like, we put guns in the game because Americans like guns. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I don't like that Great. you said that, but you're not wrong. You know, like that, that's the way that it is. And like, I get what you're saying with the, um, it's not the, it's not like it has the, it, it's not going to win awards for creative vision, mm-hmm. but also like, it's a fun gameplay loop. Like when you get into it, it's actually kind of sparked in me a love for survival games that I didn't know I had. Like even playing Power World, I'm like, hmm. I should check out Valheim again, just because like I'm really falling in love with that kind of gameplay loop. Um, so yeah, I, I hear both sides of it, but it is a tricky one to navigate, and I am not jealous of their team with all the scrutiny they're getting and and the threats. Like, you know, yeah, that, that's, that's just too far. Yeah, don't be sending death threats to people, no matter what you think of Power World. Like, just just mute the word on social media. Don't engage. Like, let everyone else have their fun. I do think that it's gotten a little bit hate, a little overblown, and then also the the defense force is is kind of like I see people Xbox acquire pocket pair. I'm like, yeah, can we just yeah. slow our roll? All yeah. right, like I I get everyone wants to champion this game as an Xbox exclusive, but it. I imagine this really is like they haven't put any of their games on the other consoles. I don't think this could. First of all, this game ain't going to Switch. <laughs> oh, no. Why would all. Why would Nintendo ever allow that? Legally, they're doing their investigation, right? Maybe we can touch on that because they did put out a statement today, which was kind of a hand wavy statement. I don't have it in front of me, but it was basically like we're aware of yeah. Power World. We're gonna look into things, but I, the way I read it was more of. This is really a notice to that person that made the Pokemon mod for Pal World. Like, mm. that isn't going to fly. We're not going to let you take our Pokemon and put them in, in this game. Yeah, because I know that the modder got a cease and desist. Like, that yeah, was did. immediately like Nintendo slapped the hand and they're like, nah, don't do that. But I think that for me, I saw, I think his name is Joe the Schmo on thread, something like mm. that. Um, but he said that this feels more of a statement that is appeasing the people that are complaining, like the Pokemon fans that are constantly tagging I Pokemon Company yeah. on social media. And they're like, hey, have you seen this game? And they're like, yeah, we've seen it. We know and we'll investigate. But like I said earlier, this game's been in development for years. It was revealed with a full trailer. And from the get go, you're like, ah, oh, that looks like Pokemon. And if they had wanted to do something, I really think they would have done something by now. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see if the devs can continue to build on it because they've said there are new areas, new pals, new technologies, stuff like that that's coming. And so, you know, like you said, these are a ragtag bunch of people. I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard that one of the devs was like in middle school that was designing some of these things. And mm. he worked at like a local shop in Japan where these devs are based. And if that's the case, you're talking about a level of success that these people are not equipped to deal with. Yeah. And so you can't stand up a structure the same way that Call of Duty has a regular cadence of updates as a team of like people under potentially the age of 25 that just happened into this success. It's it's hard for me to imagine. And, and we've seen 
them not be able to handle the success every day they're putting out the new milestone for their next million sold right and yeah. i don't know if you've seen that meme where it's like uh when george w bush finds out about 9 11 but so i was like powell just sold another <laughs> one million copies um for for me like they were having server issues they were pretty open about that like we understand people are getting disconnected like we weren't expecting this game to be as huge so it's taken them by surprise i think it's taken most of the gaming community by surprise and I, at this point i'm just kind of morbidly curious like when does it end when when like what's the ceiling for power world like does it hit 10 12 million and then does it fade out in a month like what is the longevity of power world i really think would like to be ad addressed here and you know if if it does come out that they use some sort of ai or ai i could get over to be honest with you like if i looked at this and i was like oh they used ai to make their game yeah okay um they literally tell us up front they're supporting ai they have a game coming out that basically looks like hollow knight i don't know if you've seen that as well so like i haven't looked into it oh yeah that they're pretty upfront about like we're just gonna make other games um yeah. but our our way the thing that would bother me is if they it was found out that they did steal the assets because that's a whole nother level of uh of scumbaggery yeah i think that for me it's uh if it's if they steal the assets and then when it comes to ai if it was trained explicitly on like pokemon models mm. to the point that you're i mean that's almost in my mind like digital tracing when we're talking about art where you're training an ai on that specific thing and so uh you know, we're living in a weird time where like fundamentally a game can be generated by AI. And now we're dealing with something that, you know, whether it is or not is being put under that level of scrutiny. That's kind of a new ground for the gaming industry that we're going to be seeing more of in the years ahead. I mean, we see things like Foam Stars where they're using AI art uh, for some of the album cover stuff for their in-game songs. And it's like, is that okay? Could that money have gone towards an independent artist that could have done art for those games? What What's the trade-off of that? Like all these conversations are going to be popping up more and more. And so I think Power World is just the first of many that we'll see, you know, that kind of, of scrutiny from the gaming industry and the gaming community. Yeah. And you're, are you playing on PC or Xbox? A little bit of both. So the, okay. they have a cloud save. So I'm playing on the Xbox app on PC and then I'm playing primarily on Xbox. Okay. So you, so from what I've heard, the Xbox and the Xbox game pass versions are actually behind the steam versions. Like they you're, are, yes. yeah, you're missing features and stuff that the steam versions have. Yeah. Yeah. So the steam version is one that supports mods and has a lot more of a regular cadence of updates. Like you said, I think it's further along. Um, but you got to pay $30 for that. So uh, I, I'll, I'll take my copy on Game Pass and uh, and keep on rocking. Because like I said, it's got me now. Will it mm -hmm. have me next week? You know, tune in next week to see if uh, if it keeps my attention. But um, yeah, it is slightly behind in the Xbox version, especially when you first boot it up. Like you said, it is not a pretty game. Like it no. is. It is very rough. It runs at a weird frame rate. Like if you look up at 60, if you look down, it's like 30. Like it's Ooh. it's got some issues, but. There's a uh, there's a charm to the jank for me, I believe. All right. Well, uh, everyone keep enjoying Pal World. The only thing I don't want to see is uh, I really find it uncomfortable when people are beating them to death with sticks. I don't like the videos of them chasing. Like, I know the XCP Discord has a Pal World thing now, and I saw Look Captain Logan in there. And no, no, thank you. No, thank yeah, you. there is a um, what is it called? I think it's called a butcher knife that you can get. And so oh for some of the stuff, you've got to have like electric organs to power some of the stuff in the base. And so I had a couple of extra electric uh, pals. Uh, so I got the butcher knife. Up? 
so I, so I got the butcher knife and, um, whenever it uh, pulls it out, it like does the pixelated blur thing, like the square pixelated blur. And you just see like the dude just going, it is horrible. <laughs> so it this, is a, uh, it's a strange it, game. It's uh, it, it's got a lot of different elements in there. And this is why Nintendo didn't want Pokemon mods. Cause they don't want you hacking up Pikachu and harvesting as correct. Correct. Yeah. So it is a, uh, yeah, there are some things where you can tell it's definitely a commentary on like, you know, a lot of different societal things, but um yeah, lots of different uh, discussions to be had around Power World. We could talk for hours about did, it. Did you see that PETA put out a, a, a comment? I, about, I thought that was, I'm, I'm like, I'm vegan, and that's hilarious to me. Like, It is very funny. And I mean, like, you know, if you are in that camp, more power to you to voice your opinions and stuff like that. But I mean, we're talking about Power World. You know, it's like mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a video game with a Pokemon ripoffs. A pack of Tom says Power World's one of the best survival games I've played. I, people love it. It's one of the only survival games I've played personally, so <laughs> it's the best one I've played probably. All right. Well, let's keep the show rolling, and I didn't update the next things, but we have more Towerborn details uh, coming out. This comes from Games Radar, so while I fix this, there we go. Uh, we have a new preview of Towerborn. Stoic co-founder and chief creative officer Arnie Jorgensen stated, quote, when we founded Stoic, the goal was to play to our strengths as developers. Point, uh, they point to their 2D Viking RPG banner saga. We're continuing that mindset with Towerborn, and once again, we're leaning into solid world building coupled with a unique art style. We kept the base feeling of playing a side-scrolling animated feature film and added in-depth, fast-paced combat to the mix. The preview gives us some more insight into what Towerborn actually is. The Belfry Tower will act as a hub where players will meet between missions to check on quests, upgrade weapons, and more. Stoic says the map will evolve with seasonal content saying, quote, the map is designed to be highly modifiable so we can quickly seed it with new enemies, bosses, crafting components, gears, weapons, biomes, modes, and more. The narrative of Towerborn will be an episodic uh, stating, quote, through season by season content being added, the narrative becomes episodic with the evolving storyline of Towerborn being intermittently hinted upon on your map. Stoic has stressed that players will be able to play their own way. Each players will get their own gear, weapons, and allow them to customize their playstyle. At the start of the game, you'll choose from four weapon classes. Uh, the game also has seemingly fallen out at uh, out of its rumored quarter one 2024 release date and is coming later this year how are we feeling about towerborn sam i mean from the beginning this is one of those games kind of on a bigger level like i was talking about earlier where it's coming to game pass i'll give it a shot um i, I have not played through the banner saga but i do understand how great people feel like those games are and how much those are loved um so i do want to go back and play those kind of you know maybe this will give me time to do that later on in the spring and summer but um it sounds interesting i gotta say like not every game needs to be live service i think that's my my biggest thing here um it sounds like it's interesting in the way they're doing it that you get kind of little sprinkles of story here and there but i feel like this would potentially be better served as like an independent one-off like here's a here's a single player or a here's a, a co-op game enjoy um but uh we'll see what content they have planned because a live service game works if you've got the content to support it and that's really what it comes down to 
Yeah. So when I saw Towerborn, my immediate thought was, oh, this is like Castle Crashers. This is going to yeah. be a fun side scrolling, like beat them up with your friends. Um, I think the art style looked really cool from what the little bit of gameplay we have seen. Like I was pretty sold on this game. I would actually say that these details kind of make me a little more worried and less mm. excited. So seemingly, like I said, it's now coming later this year. So I went from expecting it in the next two months or so to well it's probably gonna be towards the end of the year um and then i'm looking at their seasonal content and that right there is a way to lose me anyone that has listened to this show has listened to me played games with me knows i'm not a big live service guy i don't like having to worry about like missing stuff if i get pulled away from another game i don't like the fact that i have to like constantly go back and like try to grind out stuff so hope i don't know a model their seasonal content will take but it's not filling me with confidence and another part of that is they say the narrative's also going to be filled in like slowly over time so i'm sitting here i was like this really sounds like almost an early access game where we're going to be playing it and like you're going to be building it as we play it yeah i mean it could be that it could be a, a complete experience at launch and then they continue to flesh it out, you know, over time. That's what I would hope they're doing. And that's what I imagine they're doing. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's turned me off from it. And I wouldn't say it's made me any less excited for it because it wasn't like super, super high on my mm -hmm. list to begin with. Um, but, you know, we'll see what they come up with. I trust in Stoic to deliver something good based on their past games and the reputation they built up from that. Um, but Part of me always is concerned about trend chasing, you know, like they see live service games, they make a live service game. Is that the best option for you? Um, could be, could not. I don't know. Well, I think live service makes it makes sense because it's a Game Pass game. And I hate saying that because yeah. Game Pass isn't all about live service. There's plenty of single player games that launch in the service. But we know that games that enter Game Pass uh, especially with partners like I, nobody saved the saves the world from um drink box mm. over there that originally didn't have co-op it didn't have multiplayer until xbox asked them to put it in the game so xbox isn't afraid to get involved with their partners and be like can you add this like maybe maybe may, uh, whether it's features or sort of how the content is delivered and i'm not saying they're doing this to towerborn but it would make sense to me if they were like what if we made this a recurring game that gets like new content updated, keep people subscribed to the game pass. Like that is a model that they want. We see it with sea of thieves, halo infinite, even though the multiplayer is free to play, but like you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it keeps content flowing and it keeps people coming back. So I definitely think that that, that could be an influence here. And, um, looking at where Sony's adjusting their strategy though, like, how many live service games can we possibly get when we hit a mm -hmm. threshold of like, okay, there's oversaturation here and people can't keep up. I mean, off the top of my head, Diablo, Halo, Destiny, Call of Duty, Warzone, if you want to count that one separately. Apex. All the, yeah, all, all the MMOs and things that are floating around out there. And they all have good engagement rates for, you know, the communities they serve and they fluctuate, you know, depending on the updates and stuff. But for a game like this, from a indie-ish studio, depending, I mean, you know, we don't know what indie means anymore after the Game Awards, but, um, you know, from an indie studio or a smaller perceived studio, uh, can something like this survive? I guess it really comes down to the game being good and engaging. Um, but yeah, Xbox could have some play there. 
Yeah, if this hits like if it hits like Castle Crashers, because Castle Crashers was huge on the original Xbox Live Arcade, like that was, was a big, a big game for them. And if they're trying to recreate that magic, then I think they could have something special here. I think it really just content delivery. Content's got to be good. It's got to be consistent, and it's it's got to not be annoying for players to engage with. I think that's a big one for me. Like. Don't don't make me stress about getting in and, and missing a, a narrative episode. And then I don't know what's going on in the world of Towerborn anymore because I, I was playing something else for two weeks, you know? Yeah, totally. I uh, also, before we move on, every mm. time I think about Castle Crashers, I just remembered that that game launched on Ouya. And then it was like, oh, RIP, kind of spread out over time. It's just a strange little nugget of history. So I want to share that with you guys. Mm. RIP, Ouya. Uh, let's jump in. This one's probably our smallest news story, but I did want to touch on it. And again, I didn't make a little thing for it. So uh, ID at Xbox has announced a new Indie Selects program. Uh, and I'll throw that up now. Indie Selects is a curated, dedicated collection in the Xbox store featuring indie games chosen by the ID at Xbox team, along with the community. Alongside these dedicated lists in the store, every month a highlight reel of six chosen indies will go out to the community. So it seems like Xbox is really uh, stressing indie games, uh, getting more involved in that community. From what I saw, they gave some examples um, like games featuring cats, you know, was yeah. one of their curated playlists. Um, I like indie games. I think Game Pass has really gotten me more into playing indie games um, before it, it was kind of that whole well do i really want to spend you know 30 dollars sometimes on a game i might not like uh they you sometimes have interesting art styles or gameplay mechanics but i've really come to enjoy a, a good indie game yeah i agree and it's great to see programs like the indie selects program popping up because it evolves what the idea at xbox program does and something that i like about the way that they're doing this is that they aren't spotlighting games that are on game pass they have made an explicit statement that the games that are included in this section of the store are going to be those that are not included because the games on game pass get so much spotlight in the mm -hmm. xbox ecosystem already um so to see games like Stray that aren't included there uh, and, you know, tons of others that are already included and curated over there, it gives the ones that might fall through the cracks a little bit more of the spotlight. And even if you don't buy it, as soon as they launch onto the ID at Xbox Indie Spotlight storefront, uh, you can still keep them on your radar, add them to your wish list, and then, hey, might come to Game Pass, might drop you a sale. Anything that can give more spotlight to these smaller games is better for these developers and for Xbox overall. So I love seeing this kind of thing. Yeah, I'm hoping they really uh, bring some indie games to the forefront that go under the radar every month because so many games are released. I think there was a stat I heard. It was like 14,000 games were released last year or something. And it's like, we all know the big ones, Baldur's Gate, Zelda, like Alan Wake. Like We all hear about those ones, but there's so many games that you will never hear and that like they sell 50, 100 copies, not like 50,000, literally 100 copies. Yeah, and I think that one article that I read about this really kind of made me excited is that it said that Xbox is bringing back the spirit of Xbox Live Summer of Arcade or whatever that, you know, nope. the name was. Um, and I think back to, I I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong in the chat, but like Spelunky was an Xbox Live Summer mm. of Arcade game. Like big name indies, you mentioned Castle Crashers, got the big kind of boom through programs that spotlight indie games and so that kind of defined indies for a generation of people i think i want to say like braid even might have been one of those that launched on there i i'm i don't want to speculate too far maybe uh bastion um 
Either way, games like that, I want to see more spotlight on so that we can talk. You know, I think Braid's getting like a 10 year anniversary or 15 year anniversary or whatever. Um, Like I want 15 years from now for the ID at Xbox Indie Spotlight to be putting out and spotlighting games like that. That's what I'm trying to say. Give me Monday Night Combat 2. I don't even know what that is. Ooh. You, you would have liked that game, I think. Would yeah, I? Monday, yeah, yeah. Just give it a quick, quick little Google search. Yeah, I'll Monday, give it a little Google. Monday Night Combat. But yes, right. uh, as I as I introduce our next story, because unfortunately there have been massive layoffs uh, at Xbox today. So this comes from Wesley Yin Pool over at IGN. Microsoft is cutting 1,900 staff members from Xbox, Cinemax, and Activision following its $69 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard King. Phil Spencer sent out a memo today to the Xbox gaming team explaining that the 1900 out of 22,000 people on the team uh, were being let go after they quote identified an overlap among those leaving is Blizzard president Mike Ybarra. Yabara spent more than 20 years at Microsoft before leaving and landing at Blizzard, where he became president and led them through their harassment scandal and Microsoft acquisition. They say a new president will be named next week. Matt Booty also confirmed that Blizzard's previously announced survival game Odyssey has been canceled as a part of these changes. Not a good day for people working at Microsoft. Um, before I throw it over to you, we obviously... Hoping everyone the best, wish them the best in their future endeavors, and hope they land on their feet and some nothing but success. This is awful, awful news. But Sam, how are we feeling? Microsoft layoffs. Yeah, I mean, what can you say that hasn't been said with regards to layoffs over the past couple of months? I mean, it sucks to see so many people that are super talented, and whether that is talent through game development, whether that's talent through you know executive, you know managing a team or whatever that looks like, HR, finances, like every person on a team within gaming is contributing in some way to those teams. And so, with the Microsoft layoffs in particular. I think that this is something that was an inevitable part of what happened with Activision Blizzard, where when you merge these two teams together, if you've got a massive company like Activision Blizzard, where you've got tons of people in HR, tons of people in financing and things like that, and then you look at Microsoft and you've got equally, if not more people, there are going to be people where there's, you know, it's musical chairs. There's one chair and three people with the same role. It's difficult to make those decisions. But You know, as people have said, at the end of the day, Microsoft's a company that is trying to drive profit. And that's the name of the game for Mm -hmm. the world that we're living in. Doesn't make those conversations with people any easier. You know, I I think that it's difficult to talk about because on one hand, I understand the, the capitalism side of it, where like you're trying to drive profit and optimize and make sure that you're working in the most efficient way possible. But there are people here like these are people that are not only building games, playing games, building lives, like having families. Um, and so I don't think, you know, it's over by any means. I know that there have been tons of layoffs this week. People can fly got hit. I love people can fly, but Mm -hmm. like 30 people got cut from there. And I mean, we could have an entire show talking about the thousands of layoffs, the gaming industry seen, but, um, with Microsoft again, feel like it was inevitable that this would happen. Probably a part of the plan soon after the acquisition closed, but doesn't make it any easier. Yeah, and I see a lot of people obviously being like, anyone that wanted the acquisition go through, like, this is on you. Like, you supported the acquisition, and this is what we all told you would happen. And I think it's not really that black and white. Like, it's more nuanced. You can want the acquisition to go through for the 
value proposition that those games going to game pass and like from a consumer standpoint but you can also recognize this is end stage capitalism and yes people are going to lose their jobs as a result of mergers acquisitions like it happens every single time um this is i think a little more staff than people were expecting almost 10% of their gaming division, right? Um, most of it does appear to be like in that Activision Blizzard family as opposed to like the Xbox internal studios. So I'm sure a lot of this is redundancy as they, as they call it, you know, where we already have what your job does. Like we don't really yeah. need, need you. Um, we know you're doing that for Activision, but this is Xbox now. So I'm not saying everyone was like that because clearly not. A lot of community managers have been let go. I think Sledgehammer, I think I just read like 30% of their team or something was let mm. go over at Sledgehammer. So it's impacting every team differently across the board here. Um, and like you said, it's not just an Xbox thing. Um, we're yeah. see, we've been seeing this since the end of last year, and we haven't talked about every single layoff that's happened on this show because honestly, that'd be a pretty depressing show if every week we're like more layoffs, people, because right. it does happen every week. And we have like a news sh channel for the hosts in uh, in our Discord here at Save the Game Media, and like I know Sam Heaney over at, at our No Limit show, he's pretty depressed looking every time i post the new thing like another one another one and uh after this happened i think we were up to like 5900 total layoffs in january alone which is like 60 percent of the total last year so we're laying people off in this industry at an alarming rate already in 2024 but then like immediately after this story i saw another story of an indie dev who had to lay off like 60 percent of their team and it's it's crazy it's it's horrible it sucks and unfortunately it is just a reality of business and microsoft is now a three trillion dollar company they passed that mark today right uh yeah. it i don't know what else to say it sucks uh it's it's capitalism if we want to focus more on like the game what it means for games i think mike yabara leaving is a big loss um, yeah it's a big deal yeah i didn't expect that i assumed he would stay on as president and i don't know the details about him leaving whether he was fired or he just wanted to take his money and leave but they've canceled their survival game odyssey which uh, we only learned about i think a year or two ago but apparently it's been in development for six years it was on unreal then it switched to different engine developers really liked it behind the scenes apparently but also wanted to go back to unreal and now it's just canceled so mm. kind of sucks for that team especially yeah. i think that and I'm not an analyst, not, you know, a gaming industry professional by any means, but I think that not only are we seeing consolidation within the industry, but in the games they're putting out, like this game got canceled, the the survival, you know, experiment, if we want to call it what it really is. So if that's getting canceled, they're playing it safe, they're getting back into the core stuff that they know is going to do well, that they can be a little bit more sure of. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, and Ubisoft's done this before, but once games like Skull and Bones gets out the door, like this Project U game that they put out, I got a, a, a alpha invite to it today, like a closed yeah. alpha or whatever. Um, like the games that are a little bit more experimental, like if you're trying a battle royale, you know, let's stop that, you know, because that's not proven to be something that's going to generate revenue. We're making Far Cry, The Crew, another Avatar game and like Assassin's Creed, and that's going to be our bread and butter. So I think that you might see more streamlined, like, expecting what you know you're probably going to get versus the experimental kind of stuff just because that might not make money um but it 
just sucks to see this in an industry that thrives so much on having creative power over what you make and having the confidence that your job's going to be there tomorrow to do it. Like those are two elements that are really important. And it feels like from the outside looking in, that's not how the gaming industry feels right now. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to bring in Sam Heaney, who did write in about this. He says, though restructuring and layoffs are inevitable in some fashion after any acquisition, do you think Microsoft's incredibly aggressive acquisition strategy in the past two years could come back to bite them in the ass with major rounds of layoffs, vacating of key creatives and heads of departments developers, and yet an ever-growing library of games to manage and more talent than ever being needed to produce them? Are we expecting more layoffs within the Xbox space? Are more projects at risk of being canceled within ABK as a risk aversion could take precedence to plug the $69 billion hole? And I think you were kind of touching on that where my first thing when I hear they canceled the the Blizzard survival game is, well, Obsidian has a survival game. They have Grounded. Um, Do some of those developers go work on Grounded now and kind of take with maybe some ideas that they were doing over there and and try to prop Grounded up? Are we going to see Xbox be more involved where we've we've heard and we've seen them take kind of a hands-off approach almost for a lot of the developers they've acquired, but they apparently have stepped in here, canceled this game. Is it going to now be a case of, is Matt Booty going to be like, well, we have this team making that kind of game. Like, what else you got? Are, are they going to allow that freedom? Or is there going to be more astringent, like, we need this type of game, we need this type of game, we got this type of game? Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to, has the messaging that Xbox has been sharing been the truth? Or do economics determine the direction of the company? And like you said, if there's overlap and redundancies, if we're still throwing that word around in the type of game we're putting out, then are they going to heavily encourage developers to move into another direction? Uh, One thing I was Googling is that Riot Games cut 500 jobs this week. And a lot of that was the uh, Legends of Runeterra team, I believe, that was like their card game spinoff Hearthstone style thing. And so I think those are the games that are more at risk. Like, not saying they are making it, and I haven't heard anything. I'm not I'm not that guy. But like Halo Wars 3, if that were to be a thing they were making, that would be a game that gets shelved because you don't know Halo Wars is going to do well. You know mm-hmm. a new Halo is going to bring people in. And so I think it's those kind of experimental things that could potentially be a little bit more at risk. Like, I want to see more games like Clockwork Revolution come out, like... Um, Uh, South of Midnight, where they are artistic, experimental, new ideas that are getting out there. And I don't really want to see Microsoft stick to their close guns of like, Mm -hmm. ah, more Gears. Yes, more Halo, more Forza. Like, I want more of that. But I also appreciate that Xbox has been the variety platform. We talk about that all the time. And so I think that if you focus on what is guaranteed to drive revenue too much, you lose that identity. Yeah, and I think we've seen other companies do that, like major AAA developers and publishers are very risk averse. We talked about a lot with Immortals of Avium, where that game didn't get the recognition, but it just reinforces stuff that like Ubisoft does, where they're over there like Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, uh, Ghost Recon. Like we have these franchises that consistently sell. Let's not worry about these other like making new stuff because what does it matter when we can just put out a sequel or another entry in a series that's going to make the money we need to continue making games. So um, I think the industry at large has become very risk risk adverse. Um, 
But one of the promises that we've heard is Game Pass is supposed to alleviate that risk. And we've seen that with the smaller projects that have come out, Hi-Fi Rush, Pentiment, stuff like that, which leads me to Ghostly March over here in the chat for live service games. It doesn't make sense that they would want to just make games that compete with games they already have. And I think that's kind of my grounded Odyssey point where they have a live service survival game. They don't really need another live service survival game. And I would wonder how close they are to each other. Like, because a Doom's a first-person shooter, and Halo's a first-person shooter, but they're different first-person shooters, right. you know? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult because, like you said, those have very different identities, and there's going to be some overlap here with some of the different games, different IP they've got. But it's a really interesting strategy to think about, like, all right, ABK is now under Microsoft. Do we conceptually keep these things separate? Like, you know, e even looking at it, and this is probably a bad comparison, but, like, with Bethesda, to say that, oh, we've got a vow to stop working on Elder Scrolls. Yeah. Ah, you know, like they're not going to do that. So like, are they thinking with that same mindset with the smaller games as well? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But those are probably the questions that strategists are asking within these meetings. Yeah. And we're speculating, obviously, like yeah. Odyssey could have just been bad. Like they could have played it and be like, we don't like this. Like we're not going to keep funding this. We don't think this has potential. It could be that simple. Yeah, it could be it. I mean, we've seen uh, success with experiments. Overwatch, not not two, Overwatch one. Um, we've seen success with experiments uh, from Blizzard in the past. And so um, I hope they get to keep doing what they're doing. But whatever the reason is behind the game, you know, I guess we'll never really know until inevitably in 10 years, some leaked build hits the internet. We'll find out. Until Jason Schreier talks to everyone. And yes. Gives yes. us an expose, which apparently people were hitting him up being like, do, do I have to worry about my job today? I'm like, why, why are you asking Jason Schreier? Yeah, that's a really, uh, that's another point that we kind of glossed over. I don't know if this is true or not, so I don't want to be the guy spreading rumors, but it's like a lot of people just got this memo from Phil and they don't know if they're getting laid off. Like, yeah, it's I just saw like, that. Because people, yeah. I saw a developer uh, or community manager, they were like, waiting to hear if I have a job. And then he updated the tweet like three hours later. He's like, I don't have a job anymore. Yeah, like that's the worst possible way to do this. Now, admittedly, stuff probably was about to leak and maybe they just like shot it out there into the ether. But, um, you know, that sucks where it's like, hey, talk to you in five hours. We'll figure it out. Like, Ugh, I hate that. But that I hate that it went down that way. Yeah, it sucks all around. It's not great. Um, I'm hoping that the, the layoffs slow down because I did post about four different layoff posts today in our news channel. So it's depressing, but hopefully everyone lands on their feet um, and we will see what happens from here. But not a good look. Not a good look for Microsoft for sure. No. All right, let's jump into our listener questions around the show. We only got one this week. If you want to write in, you can do so in the Discord. That link is down below. Or you can tweet at us at Save Game Media over on uh, Threat. No, not Threads. X. X, Twitter, I don't know what our thing is over on threads. Is it save the game media? Might be. Might I think be. it's save game media. Uh, is I'll it? have to check. Yeah. Might also be that. I didn't even look. I'm still still learning threads. All right. I think Man, if you're not on threads, you got to get over there. I'm having a good I, time. What do they call tweets there. over on threads? Posts. Posts. Eh. We need a little, we can do a little better than that. Threads. Save uh, the game media. There you go. Save the game media over on threads. Yeah. Okay, so Ghostly March wrote in, he says, should Xbox try and focus more on smaller Japanese titles or do you think the current strategy of trying to just work with the big names like Square, Sega, is the way to go? Uh, I mean, I'm probably the worst person to ask about this because <laughs> I'm not the guy that has Tell the expertise. Extensive, yeah, extensive. Yeah, yeah based games. on my extensive knowledge. No, but 
in my opinion, I think the more niche games that aren't the big names are already spoken for. Like people go to PC, to PlayStation, to play those, to Switch. And I don't think that Xbox has that foothold. So for the people that are going to be looking for a place to spend their time and money, I don't think Xbox is going to be at the top of the list. So is that investment or even securing Game Pass deals or whatever that looks like worth it for Xbox in the long run? Probably not. For the bigger names, that drives more conversation, gets a bigger foothold in the space, proves you're here to really kind of play ball. Um, so I personally think sticking to the big names is probably what they will do and should do. Um, but that does leave out the however many people are playing the smaller games from the Xbox ecosystem for the time being until Microsoft can grab that foothold and really kind of become a destination for those players. I think you have to do the big names first. Uh, before you can do the small names, uh, because if Final Fantasy isn't gonna sell on Xbox, there's no way the smaller like Neptunia, the or or even Trails, like those types of JRPGs, are gonna do well on the Xbox platform. If you can't get the most mainstream ones to succeed, you're gonna really have a tough time selling a game to your player base. And we've seen some strides like Persona. I think Yakuza is probably the biggest like JRPG series on Xbox. And that's mainly because of Game Pass. Um I also think it's a little less weeby than the other games, if I if I do say something like when you look at it, it's like a dog. I'd play that. You know I'd play that yeah. So like if I'd play, you know it's not that weeby. So yeah. Yeah. So th that is my yeah, well, Ghost of March. Neptunia is coming out on Xbox this year, though. Yeah, th their first game. So, like, but Xbox, I don't think, went to them and, like, made a Game Pass deal. You know what I'm saying? I think they're just kind of trying to expand. That that developer is trying to expand. I did forget about that, though. Good shot. Um, but Falcom, like, if we're taking my beloved Falcom, like, they have no interest in Xbox because they'd be like, we're, we'd, we'd sell, what, a thousand copies if we're lucky? They just, yeah. they don't care um so i really do think like sega square bandai namco the bigger developers first and then if you start to see success with those then we can move into like there's like a tier ranking for jrpgs and japanese games like platinum like maybe go to platinum next after you hit those right because platinum has some success on other platforms um yeah. you get bayonetta i still think I don't know who owns Astral Chain over on Switch, but they should oh, get that on. It's a crime that that game is so trapped on Switch. Good man, <laughs> that is a painful crime. And then also Bayonetta th Two is on two Switch and three, only. I think, yeah, yeah, like something like that. Where like we have Bayonetta, we have Bayonetta and Vanquish collectively combined into one bundle, and you can also buy them independently digitally. I think, but the sequels never came to Xbox. It's like a it, it it's half as bad as Octopath Traveler and the the mess of. That that game for a little while with um with how that thing came out so yeah that's my feelings on the matter i think xbox knows what they're doing they're working on it well we'll see more and more come to the the platform but we will that's all we got for this week sam so uh thanks for hanging with me man uh good show some good topics some depressing topics uh mainly the beating pokemon to death one i think is, is yeah. yeah rough but why don't you let people know where they can find you so they can hear you talk about power world some more yeah, you can find me talking about Power World on TikTok, YouTube, uh, Threads, Instagram, all the places you can find content. Uh, I'm usually out there tweeting about stuff, posting about stuff, making videos and things like that. So I always appreciate everybody that uh, tunes in. But as always, this is the uh, highlight of the week. I love having these conversations, even if they are uh, controversial and or depressing. It's always good to talk to you and uh, break down the gaming news. Absolutely, everyone. Uh, make sure to follow us at Save Game Media on Twitter and 
save the game media over on Threads. Man, I've got to I got to redo the whole outro because we're trying to expand the new platforms. Okay, you follow me at the Muffin Mon on both of those. I'm the same. I'm consistent. I cross nice. all of them. All right, so one instead of an I, O instead of an A. Until next week, we'll see you. Goodbye. <laughs>